Dr. Benjamin Hardy has a great book that if you haven't read, I recommend you go find it and you read it or get the audio version. It's all good, but it's called Personality Isn't Permanent. I actually got that book as a gift when I joined a mentorship program a couple years ago, and I hadn't really given it much thought until recently I started thinking about what I was like as a kid versus what I am like now. And if you've heard me before, if you followed me for a period of time, you've heard me say before that I am an introvert that left to my own devices, I will stay in a corner just observing everybody and not interacting with anybody, that if left to my own devices, I will never go to um, social gatherings or things of that nature. And that when I do, I end up needing a lot of me time, a lot of alone time in order to recover from the time I spend and the energy I expend trying to be social and trying to connect with people. Not that I can't do it, not that I don't like people, it's just something in me that holds me back that I've always labeled introversion. But then I started to think, as I was looking at that book again for a training that I was doing, I was referencing it, and I started to think about again what I was like when I was a little kid. And I was that little kid that would put on shows for my entire family. I would grab my cousin, poor dude, <laughs> and I would make him dance Saturday Night Fever moves with me in the middle of the living room or in the middle of the carport for all the adults to see. And I craved and thrived in the attention and in the applauses and in the oogling and guggling and in the people laughing as a result of what we were doing. And I loved that attention. And then I started to think about what happened. Why did I move from being this kid that loved the attention, that loved being around people? I was the kind of kid that would enter adult conversations and talk just like they talked. Like that was one thing that a lot of people commented on when I was little. In fact, I had one teacher that called my mom over almost in tears to tell her how much she felt for me because she didn't feel like I had a childhood because I expressed myself like any other adult would. So I'm not saying any of that to make it sound like I'm special or anything. I'm just saying that I used to be this way where I was outgoing and extroverted by any definition and then something shifted inside of me where I started identifying more with introversion rather than extroversion. And with reading that book, Personality Isn't Permanent, I started to put two and two together and I started to think about when it was that that shift occurred. But more importantly, why it occurred and whether it is in my best interest to remain an introvert or to do something and try and reverse the, the process that took me from extroversion to introversion. So today what I want to talk about is the power of introversion, mainly because I have noticed that our society, and you probably have noticed this too, and this is not something new, but our culture, our society, has a bias towards extroversion, which means that most of the time, people who are labeled introverted feel like they're lacking something, feel like somehow they're at a disadvantage. But today I wanna to prove to you and to me that being an introvert is actually not just a good thing, but it's something that all of us should aim to have a little bit of. So we're going to talk about shifting the concept of extroversion and introversion a little bit. And then we're going to talk a lot about why it is a good thing to be an introvert, the power behind introversion, and how we can leverage that power. Are you ready for this conversation? Then let's go. 
Hi, welcome to Sincerely Speaking. I'm Marcia Mara, your self-leadership coach. Now what that means is I'm here to help you rediscover your calling, tap into your greatest potential and strengths, and eliminate those things that keep getting in your way and in the way of your success. So whatever success looks like to you, whether it is in your career, in your business, in your relationships, or in your life in general, I'm here to help you get out of your own way, remove the obstacles, and elevate all of your life to the next level. If you're ready to see everything that you're capable of and see what your life can look like, I invite you to head on over to marciamara.com and set up a 30-minute clarity and confidence call where we will talk about your mission, your vision, your goals, the things that you're here on this planet to create, what might be getting in the way up until now, and some actionable, amazing ways to get out of your own way to eliminate all those obstacles and reach the level of success that you've been dreaming of. Are you ready? Are you ready for the next level? Then stick around to this conversation of Sincerely Speaking and then head on over to marciomara.com and schedule your 30-minute call. Can't wait to meet you in person. Chat soon. Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about today is a, a slight shift in the way we perceive introversion and extroversion, right? We typically see introversion and extroversion as elements of our personality, and we are taught Typically, they teach us out there, whoever they are, they teach us that introversion, extroversion, personality in general is something that is pretty much set in stone, that once you know your personality, then you know how you operate. But in my opinion, that is a very disadvantageous way to look at yourself, to look at the way we operate, and to look at the way human beings in general are built, right? We are in a society in an environment that understands and teaches evolution, right? I don't believe in all of what evolution teaches, but there is an advantage and there is a truth in the fact that the way human beings are today is not exactly the same way that human beings were a couple of thousand years ago. And that is obvious and that is evident. So there's some level of evolution and of growth that happens in all species throughout time, including human beings. So what makes us think that there is anything <laughs> to the way we are and to the way we behave that is permanent in its nature? I happen to think and I happen to believe that we do grow and evolve. I am a proponent of a growth mindset with a few tweaks to the way the growth mindset has been taught, right? Like, I don't believe that you should spend too much time trying to strengthen your weaknesses, but you can learn and you can grow those skills if you wanted to, if it is in your best interest, right? But that aside, I am a proponent of the fact that you can change, that you can grow, that you can modify, and that you can adapt. And that's not always a good thing. It's not always a bad thing, but we have the ability as human beings to do all those things. So it's important to understand that when we look at anything that is labeled personality, what we're really talking about is the way we project ourselves onto our environment and the people in that environment. Yes. So you might have had the experience that I've had where at home I act and I feel a certain way. 
And then when I'm in public, I act and I feel differently. And it's not that I'm being disingenuous or that I'm not being authentic. It's just that element that I have bought into and that I have adopted as part of my personality and my identity of being an introvert causes me to act differently when there are strangers around, when there's a group of people larger than what I'm comfortable with, or when I'm outside of the scope and the space where I know they know me and I don't need to hide anything or act in a specific way, right? So there's a difference in the way we act in different scenarios. Not only that, when I'm interacting with clients, it's a different approach than when I'm interacting, say, with a mentor or say with my husband, or say with someone else who might be either uh, someone that I consider an authority or someone that I respect, right? Or someone that for whatever reason, um, I want to impress in some way, right? There's a difference in the way that you interact with different people, depending on the environment and the circumstance, yes. So personality, the first tweak I want to make is understanding that while you might be leaning towards a certain aspect of personality, right? Like most personality tests give you quadrants or um, dichotomies, right? Like you're either introvert or extrovert. You're, you know what I mean? So they give you these things that you pin against each other and you compare yourself to those other areas and you determine based on the questions or whatever tool it is that they use that you lean more towards one than the others. Right. But when we look at the way personality is executed or the way personality is activated, it is very much something that depends on the way we want to be perceived by the people who are around us. Make sense so far? So the way I'm defining personality in general is how you project yourself into the environment how you show up in a space and then therefore as a result of the way you show up or the way you project yourself the people in that environment are going to perceive you a certain way right so just to give you a quick for instance when i am entering a room as a professor or a teacher or a trainer when i'm in there to teach i turn on my outgoing and i turn on my love for people and I turn on my elements of charisma, which is a conversation for a different time. But I turn these things on and I start greeting people, welcoming people, interacting with them differently. I become this person that can be even a little bit humorous at times when in reality, that's not me most of the time, right? But I become this person that can be magnetic and attractive to the people that are entering the room because it's my room. I own it. I'm in charge of it. And so I approach it slightly differently, or actually quite a bit differently, than I do when I enter a room as a student or somebody who's about to receive the training. So when it's somebody else's room, I come in as my introverted personality, not on purpose, it's just the way it is, right? So I go in there to listen, to receive, to observe, to pay attention to the little details of my surroundings, to not be the center of attention, but instead to pay attention to the person or the people in charge. And therefore, 
when I enter a room as a student or as a learner, I enter more as an observant, right? So I enter more as an introvert. I don't really go out and greet people. If somebody greets, greets me, I'm of course courteous and I respond. If I make eye contact with someone, I might be the first one to say something. And if I see someone who's completely isolated, I might, depending on the setting, make an approach so that they're not. But for the most part, I enter it with a completely different energy and as a completely different um, presence, right? My presence as I go in, it's completely different. So the first thing I want us to understand is that even now, even before we dive into the whole element of introversion and extroversion, personality is how we protect ourselves. And therefore, there's an element of control because how we protect ourselves, how we show up, how we enter into any environment or any interaction is entirely up to us. Yeah, there might be a few elements that help us decide how we're going to show up. And there might be elements outside of our control that put us in a position where we pick one over the other, where we select one way of approaching it over another because of those circumstances. But even within that, it is still our choice whether we give in to those circumstances and use them as the gauge or as the determining factor of how we show up or whether it is that we show up the way we want to show up regardless of whatever is happening, right? And in looking at that, you might notice some people that have lower filters and some people that have stronger filters, right? Higher set of filters. So you might have some people that the second they walk into a room, they perceive certain things, they feel certain things, and they monitor and they um, moderate is the word they moderate how they show up based on what they perceive whereas you have other people that no matter what happens you might even tell them flat out look you're being obnoxious <laughs> or the way you're behaving is not appropriate for this and they might not get it it will go right over their head and they will continue to act in the same way that they always act and most of the time the people that have low or yeah low filter settings are going to say things like well that's just the way I am you either take it or you leave it right? And there's nothing good or bad about it. It's just the way it is. So the first thing, uh, aside from understanding that personality is how you project yourself, and therefore you have some control over it. The second thing is understanding that you get to set your filter thermostat, so to speak, you get to set your filter at a level that you're comfortable with, depending on the circumstance. So there's not only control in the way that you show up in order to be perceived a certain way, there's also a level of control in how much you let or you allow the environment and the surrounding, the atmosphere to determine the level in which you show up. Make sense? Which finally leads me to what I believe is probably the most important distinction we're going to make in this conversation, which is that any element of personality ultimately is a mindset that you adopt. Ultimately, how you show up, the way that people perceive you, and the way that you project yourself within a certain space is a matter of the mindset that you take on regarding that situation, that atmosphere, or that moment right? So you might decide that this is a moment that is make or break for me, that I'm about to enter into this meeting. And this is going to either make my business or break my business, break my bank account or make it, make my life possible the way I want it to be made or not. And then you're going to enter that space with a different energy and you're going to make your uh, 
your decisions on how you show up based on the mindset that you put on at that time. Because you're either going to take on a mindset of I'm in charge and I'm an authority and I can do this. Or you're going to take on a mindset of, ooh, I'm in trouble. I'm at their mercy, right? And whatever mindset you choose is going to determine how you proceed and how you show up. Does that make sense? So when we're looking at introversion and extroversion in this conversation, we're going to look beyond what most people understand about introversion and introversion. And we're going to clarify those two terms in a second. But we're going to look beyond that because we're going to start thinking about introversion and extroversion and any other element of personality that might have been holding you back or that might have had you confused in the past. We're going to look at all, at the whole of personality as a mindset. And if it's a mindset, then you can shift it, you can adapt it, you can control it. Yes. So it's not only that personality isn't permanent, is that there's a mindset behind it, that once you understand that there's more control, that you have more control to it, than you might have believed in the past, then there's also more than you can, than, that you can do in order to bring to the surface the elements of this personality thing that serve you. And not that you're going to suppress parts of you, but you're going to be able to show up in the way that it's most powerful for the situation you're in. And again, this has nothing to do with being inauthentic. You are still you. The problem, I think, is that we have bought into this idea that who I am is one thing. That if I am going to be authentic, I am going to show up exactly the same all the time regardless. And that's not necessarily the case. Because like I've said a million and a half times, we operate under different roles. And depending on the role you take on, you have to modify the way you show up. You can't show up for your three-year-old child the same way that you show up for your 35-year-old employee. You can't show up the same way to your spouse of 10, 15 years than you would to someone on the first date. You can't show up the same way to your parent as you show up for your sibling. You can't. It's not appropriate. It's not right. And it's not fair. It's like I always tell my kids, I love them the same amount, but I love them differently because they're different people. My youngest daughter is all cuddles and and touchy-feely physical affection. My oldest hates being touched if it's not absolutely necessary. So if I went around hugging and loving on my oldest daughter the way I do on my youngest in the same way, she would feel uncomfortable and it wouldn't work. But if I went around just giving words of affirmation and acts of service to my youngest one, she would feel unloved and neglected because she needs that touchy-feely stuff, right? So that's the point I'm trying to make. While we are one individual and while there are elements to who we are that are the essence of who we are. And we will talk more about that in another episode, right? How do you get to the core of the essence of who you are so you can show up more authentically? But right now, the conversation is around the fact that there are pieces of who we are that are more malleable than we want to admit, that are more under our control than we want to admit, and that are by no means permanent or determining of the way in which you show up, right? And introversion and extroversion is one of those. So I don't feel like I need to spend too much time talking about 
extroversion and the parts of extroversion that are powerful and that are positive and that we should strive to build, right? Because like I said, our society, our culture has a bias towards extroversion. So we are taught from day one, you need to be kind to other people, go and say hello, don't be so shy, go out there and make friends, right? All of those things that we're taught from day one have a lot to do with pushing us towards extroversion, which is part of the reason why introverts usually feel like they've been dealt a bad hand, right? Like they have um, something wrong with them almost, like they're at a disadvantage because they don't, these elements of extroversion might not come so naturally to them, yes? So, while we do have, I believe, more of a leaning towards, right, more of a propensity towards being either extroverted or extroverted, like I said before, it's more of a mindset that we can work with and that we can shift. And so in extroversion, we are the more outgoing version of ourselves. We are the more assertive version of ourselves. We go out there and we say what we're thinking. We express ourselves more openly. We allow ourselves to be seen and to be heard by others. And in fact, we demand on occasion being seen and heard. And we do everything in our power to position ourselves as someone worth listening to and as someone worth paying attention to. And therefore extroverts, tend to feed off of those reactions from people, right? That attention, that being able to own a room, that fuels and feeds the extroversion part of us, right? Whatever that might be. And we all have elements of that. Think about you and your spouse. Think about you and your kids. Think about you and your best friends or your closest group of people. You tend to want to be more the center of attention there you tend to draw more attention to what you want to say you want to be validated by them you want to be heard by them and therefore you speak up more assertively and therefore you do all these other things right so we all have elements of that but then introversion tends to be seen as the one that hides more the one that is shy the one that sits in the corner the one that is fueled by silence and alone time the one that is depleted by being in large groups of people the one that has the most the quieter demeanor that is not as assertive that doesn't really stand out or advocate for themselves as much right that's what tends to be seen as the introversion which is why most of the time it's seen as the less ideal option here but we're going to go straight into the gift of introversion and the things that the advantages of um honing into that introverted side and I have some notes I, mean, I want to make sure that I don't miss anything so I don't usually do this but I'll be looking down a little bit so the first one is when we are operating from an introverted mindset we are activating our observation skills introversion leads to observation introversion leads to observation when you're an introvert or when you're operating from an introverted mindset or energy you are observing and looking to find clues in everything more than you're looking to contribute or to add to the environment. So the introvert might sit in a corner, might be in the middle of the group, might be anywhere in the room, but their focus is not on attracting attention, but on paying attention. And so the observation becomes really keen. It becomes really in tuned. And therefore, introversion leads to keener observation and leads to you being able to read the room better, faster, and more effectively. So that's one of the biggest advantages of introversion is that it elevates our level of observation, 
right? The second advantage to introversion is listening mastery. As part of the observation that we elevate when we are in introversion energy, we also elevate how we listen. Because again, we are no longer looking to or focused on us and bringing attention to us or on what we are going to say or how we are going to sound smart. We are looking to grab onto every little nugget that is passed in our direction to really pay attention to what is being said, how it's being said and why it's being said. And not only does that lead to us being seen as great conversationalists, believe it or not, but it also leads to asking better questions. And so the observation is elevated. The listening is elevated. And as a result, we appear as better conversationalists and we ask better questions, which leads to even greater and deeper understanding, right? And the final advantage, I mean, there's many, 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 but when you are operating from an introverted mindset, that means that you elevate your awareness of yourself and how you're showing up. It leads to greater awareness, to greater understanding of you and how you're showing up, and therefore to greater self-mastery because now you see how you're showing up. Now you're more aware of what you're doing and what you're saying and when you're saying it, and therefore you are more judicious and more cautious about when you speak up and what you say when you speak up, right? So not only is introversion good in the sense that it doesn't require as much energy output when you're in a group, right? You're not trying to be the center of attention. You're not trying to look cool. You're not trying to attract or magnetize anything or anybody. You're simply allowing yourself space to take on and take in the environment, to observe carefully, to listen carefully, to ask better questions, to keep the ball on the other person's court, which leads to you being seen as a great conversationalist. But now you're becoming more aware of the things that you usually did to avoid that discomfort, because it can feel a little uncomfortable at first, right? Or if the things that you did to show up the way you expected other people to show up, right? So who you are, the version of you that other people anticipated or expected, and you're no longer a prisoner or prey to having to act in a way that other people expect you to act, right? So if we're going to elevate our level of introversion, to take advantage of these amazing things that happen as a result, there's three things that we can work on in order to elevate our introversion and to leverage it if it is what we identify with the most, right? Like we're not all of a sudden going to say, oh, I'm no longer an extrovert. I am now an introvert, <laughs> right? But there are moments in which activating your introversion mindset is going to be beneficial. Imagine, for example, you are new to a job or you are going into a new networking experience and you go all blazing, right? All powers blazing. You go in there to take over, to make the room yours. It might not be the best energy to bring in. So you might want to pull out your introversion mindset, your introverted self and play with that a little bit. And as we operate in understanding that we can show up as either or and still be ourselves. There are some things to work on, some things to focus on as we elevate our introverted mindset and capitalize on these strengths and the power of introversion. So if you identify as an introvert, these are the things to focus on. If you identify more as an extrovert, and that is your typical energy, right? Like my sister is so 
typically extroverted is not even funny, but there are moments when she needs to be alone too and when she needs all these things. So these are the things that we're going to be working on and focusing on, yes, in order to operate more from an introverted perspective than an extroverted. So the first one is focus on strengths and avoid comparisons. Focus on strengths and avoid comparisons. There's nothing that you have to be. I'll say that again. There is nothing that you have to be. And that is the element of authenticity, right? If you feel in that moment that the best thing you can bring out is your extroverted, extroverted self, go for it. But if you feel in that moment, if you believe in that moment that you're better served by observing, being more quiet, being more of an outsider in that circumstance, then do that. Because that's where the authenticity come in. See, the lack of authenticity comes in when I force myself to be extroverted, but I don't feel it. Or when I force myself to stay in a corner, but what I really want to do is go make friends with that person over there, right? So when I am, when I allow myself space to really be aware, self-aware, and understand what my being is telling me is going to be the best uh, to my best service, right? And to the best service of those there. And I allow myself to operate based on what I believe is going to be the highest service that I can bring. That's when I'm being authentic. And therefore, the first uh, key, which is focusing on your strengths and avoiding comparisons and understanding that you don't have to be anything, it's what is going to lead you closer to your authentic self, regardless of where you're at or what you're doing. So operate from your strengths. What are you good at? Don't try to be something that you're not in terms of what you're skilled to do, right? Don't try to be the expert at something that you're not the expert at. And stop comparing yourself to what everybody else is doing. Just because everybody else is going over there and grabbing food and sitting in a corner, if you're not hungry, don't go grab food. Find somebody else to talk to that is not grabbing food or go sit with them and say, no, I'm not eating fine, but go ahead and eat. It doesn't make me uncomfortable. It's all good, right? So operate from your strengths. The second one is leverage the power of questions. And I already kind of hinted at that, but when you are in observation mode, when you are operating from an introverted mind, your best friend is asking keen questions because that puts the, the ball back in their court. That makes them the focus. That makes, makes it so that they are the ones who are going to be talking and who are going to be thinking about how to sound clever and do whatever it is that people think they need to do when they're asked a question. So you ask the questions. The one who asks the questions has a lot of the power too, right? So learn to ask keen questions. Let to, learn to really hear and um, pay attention to whatever it is that is being said so that you can ask the best questions possible. And then finally, 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 give yourself space and compassion, which is something that is so hard for us to do. We're so hard on ourselves, aren't we? And it makes absolutely no sense to me why we do this, but we are. So how do you do this when talking about introversion and extroversion? First, set yourself goals and celebrate. So here's what I mean by that. When I first started networking, it was really hard for me because I operated mostly from this introverted mindset when it came to new groups and inter and networking. So what I did was I set myself a goal. For my first network, networking event, I set myself the goal that I would meet at least one person that I felt I really connected with, right? So I my entire goal was to meet one person. 
once I met that one person, I was free to go if I felt like I needed to. I was free to get out of there and still celebrate that I did that, that I made one connection. The second time I went to a networking event, I was feeling a little, a little bit more bold and I understood that I needed to test myself and challenge myself. So my second networking event goal was to shake everybody's hand, to make sure that I shook everybody's hand who was in there before I left. And I did it. And I didn't have to say much. I was just like, hello, my name is Marcy. And that was it. For some people, it started conversations. For other people, it was just like, oh, hi, great to, great to meet you. And they didn't, they didn't even give me their name. But I did what I set out to do. And so I went out and I celebrated afterwards. And celebrate can be just as simple as, yeah, you did it. Woohoo, way to go, right? So celebrate. But set yourself goals for any interaction. And depending on what you want to achieve from that interaction, from that meeting, from that group, from that whatever it might be, then act accordingly, whether it is to bringing out more of your introvert or more of your extrovert and celebrate once you get it done. Yes. The second one is stop justifying and explaining. You do not need to give anybody reasons for your behavior because it's what you feel you need to do. Right. So if you go to a networking event or if you go to a party or any social gathering and half an hour later, you have already completed your goal for that interaction and you're ready to go. You don't have to make up excuses. You don't have to explain anything. You just go. <laughs> you're done. If you want to say goodbye to certain people, say goodbye. And if they ask, why are you leaving? Oh, I just get to go. And that's it. You don't need to make any excuses. You don't need to get any, give any justification. You just are the way you are. If you're suddenly tapping into more of your introvert, whether it is that you've been forcing yourself to act extroverted when you are in a group or whether it is that you are an extrovert, but you're seeing value to adding a little bit more introversion to your interactions and somebody points out, huh, you're acting differently. What's up? No need for explanation or justification. You say, no, nothing. I'm just observing today. Or no, it's fine, right? Everything's good. No worries. You don't need to explain. You don't need to justify. People are going to come and criticize and judge anyway. So let them. Don't give them any explanations unless you really feel like you want to. And, and then finally, learn to receive and recharge. Learn to receive and recharge. And here's what I mean by that. We are conditioned to think, which is why extroversion is elevated so much or one of the reasons why. We are conditioned to think that whenever we enter a group, we have to bring something. We have to give, give, give. Give our attention, give our focus, give our speech, give our expertise, give our value. And all that is well and good. But there are moments to give and there are moments to receive. And most of us are so bad at receiving. So when someone is giving you a compliment, a thank you is enough. When someone is teaching you something, take the time to pay attention and learn it. Don't try to add anything to it, right? And figure out the best way for you to recharge and go do that as often as you can. If recharging for you means that you need time by yourself, go give yourself the time to be alone. If recharging means you need to invite a couple of your best friends and go hang out at home watching whatever, whatever, Figure out how best to recharge and take time to recharge. Because what most people used to distinguish introversion and extroversion is how we recharge, right? Either and how we re and how we process, how we recharge and how we process. Either we do it by ourselves or we do it with others. But the reality of it is that we have the capability of doing both. Like I typically love recharging by myself. 
but nothing recharges me more than spending solid quality time with my daughters and my husband, with my family. And that's with people, right? So take the time to really pay attention to what recharges you and give yourself that space, right? So to recap, introversion and extroversion are nothing more than mindsets that you adopt. And that doesn't mean that you are being disingenuine or less than authentic. You can select certain moments in which you're more introverted and certain moments in which you're more extroverted, depending on what best is going to serve you. Remember that personality is not permanent and that you have more control over the way you are perceived by others than you might have thought before. So go out there and be your absolute best self, understanding that that might change from set of circumstances to set of circumstances, from environment to environment. In other words, be the coffee. You know that story, right? I don't have time for it right now, but I do have a post on Instagram that explains it so you can go back and look at it but be the coffee yes <laughs> be the thermostat not the the be the thermostat not the I'm going completely a blank but you know what I mean be the thermostat not the thermometer that's the word <sighs> it's crazy when that happens anyway I hope you have found value in today's conversation if you have shared with someone that you love and don't forget to join me next week here on Sincerely Speaking chat soon. Bye. I hope you have found as much value and impact in this conversation as we found in creating it for you. If you have, then go ahead and share this with someone else in your life that you know might find it valuable. And in the meantime, don't forget about my offer to head on over to marciamara.com and schedule your free 30-minute clarity and confidence call. We will talk through all your dreams, all your plans, all your goals, the things that might be getting in the way. And if it makes sense for both of us, I might invite you to join me in one of my programs or one of my coaching packages, but there's no obligation. And I promise you that this will be the best 30 minutes you've spent in a long, long time. So again, head on over to marciamorrow.com, set up that time to chat, and I will see you on the other side. And in the meantime, share, subscribe, like, and I'll see you next week here on Sincerely Speaking. Thank you.